Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I want to take a moment, let you know a bit of what's coming up in our community. This week, Sam Seifert is finishing up our final series in Philippians titled Gospel Mission. And this coming weekend, December 2nd and 3rd, we'll be receiving donations for the Stony Nakota Food Bank. And the Stony Nakota Food Bank is committed to eliminating hunger within the Stony Nakota communities, being Morley, Eden Valley, and Bighorn. The list of items that we can receive is posted on our Advent page of the website, and you can bring those in during the week or at the services this weekend. The best way to know what's going on at Southview is by checking out our weekly viewpoint. You can find a link to our viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast, or you can go on Realm and join the group Southview Family Updates, and that will make sure that you're always getting the weekly viewpoint in your inbox. And if you're new with us here in this digital space, we would love to hear from you, and you can find an online connection card at the bottom of that viewpoint along with a prayer request form so that we can support and join you in prayer. Additionally, you can always find us on Instagram and Facebook. But now today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant because God is here and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. The sermon text is Philippians 4, uh, verses 10 to 23, the NIV version. Thanks for their gifts. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I've received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And the final greetings. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus, the brothers and sisters are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Hello, Southview. 
Welcome here, and welcome to our grade school kids who are joining us in a service this weekend. Let's give them a round of applause for joining us. And how great was our engaged worship team, our kids' worship team? Wasn't that awesome? So cool to have them a part of our service this weekend. They've been working uh, over the last few months uh, preparing for this uh, opportunity. And uh, I didn't know it was mission weekend, but uh, I just wore this shirt and it just worked out like it's crazy. I just love how things just kind of happen, you know, providentially. I don't know, you probably see some flags. Missions weekend, get it? Yeah, okay. Well, we've been on a journey uh, this uh, past 12 months as we've traveled through the Christian church year. Crazy, hey? We've followed in the steps of Jesus as you birthed in a stable, walked the dusty hillsides of Galilee, opened blind eyes and made the lame to walk again as he taught the multitudes and the disciples and as he was crucified and he rose again. We celebrated the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost weekend. We had a number of people come forward to be baptized on the weekend. We reflected on the church and its mission and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And today is the last weekend of that journey for this year. Today is Christ the King weekend. It's the climax and conclusion of the church's liturgical journey through the life of Jesus and the gospel message. Its purpose is to celebrate the coming reign of Christ as king of all the earth and his completion of the renewed creation that marks the fullness of the kingdom of God. So in celebrating the reign of Christ the king this weekend also provides an appropriate bridge to the new church year that will begin next weekend as we enter into the new year once again coming to Advent, the season of Advent, with an emphasis on hope and expectation, the longing for the coming of the kingdom of God amid the darkness of a sinful world. We're excited to relaunch into another year to follow Jesus. But in the moment, we realize that our world is dark. And we do need to pray in prayer for our world and especially for areas that are being torn apart by war, lamenting the grievous deaths and violence pleading to God to awaken our desire for peace, asking God to make compassion our first step as gospel citizens. And so thankful for Justine leading us in that beautiful uh, prayer of peace earlier. And we do, we need to pray for justice for each human on this earth, justice for Israel, justice for Palestine, justice for Hamas, Justice for a Christian is doing what is right in the way of Jesus. And so we as a community, we need to be praying for peace. If we talk peace, we will avoid taking sides. We will avoid saying we stand with Israel when that implies not standing with Palestinians. We'll avoid saying we stand with Palestinians when the, that implies not standing with Israel. In all of this, we grieve the loss of life. And if we get into this pro stuff, pro them, pro them, then we end up picking a side, and that simply means that it limits our opportunities for being used by God to minister to the people he died for, just as much as he died for you and for me. And so today, we must acknowledge that evil is evil is evil. 
And as Christians, we need to have a different perspective, a kingdom perspective. See, God loves the people of Israel, God's elect, God's chosen, and his beloved. And God loves the people of Palestine, nestled there among the nations to which Israel is called to be a light. And God hates all the bombs, whichever way they are directed. All those bombs have no place in an eschatology which looks to the kingdom of the Prince of Peace. That's why Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 14. For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. And so in his flesh, Jesus wants to break down the barriers between Palestinian and Israeli. And if that sounds like it would take a miracle in our day, we can't forget that miracle has already happened through the cross. Paul goes on and says this in verse 17. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. So as followers of Jesus, it's time to advocate for the peace that we have found in him. So let us as a church actively work for peace. Let us mourn the loss of lives and look to the God of resurrection to work miracles of peace in our world. Because the coming kingdom, the kingdom that is to come is a kingdom of peace. You see, if we explore the concept of peace throughout the New Testament, it reveals that God is a God of peace. The message is a gospel of peace. The gospel makes peace with God, urging believers to actively pursue peace among themselves and with one another. And so the vital importance of the pursuit of peace arises from the realization that followers of the way of Jesus cannot simultaneously adhere to both war and peace as their callings. Peace is not a preference for Christians. Peace is the necessity, the imaginative burden that we carry. And so the shift from viewing war as inevitable to intolerable becomes paramount for us as gospel citizens. And the reality is the history of our politics devolved to where we are today, and it fails to aspire to where we need to be. But Jesus introduces a new perspective with the term kingdom, depicting it as both a present and a future. The kingdom is both now and not yet. So if the kingdom is both now and not yet, in what sense is the kingdom present here in our world even today? And in what sense is the kingdom still future? Well, exploring the sense in which the kingdom is present and future involves diving into the terms presented in the Gospels. So for us as Christians who might be grappling with issues like the death penalty or Christian nationalism affirmation of violence or the humane war solution that is happening within our politics even today, understanding Jesus' concept of the kingdom provides a foundation for a peaceful imagination that is applicable even to us today in 2023. 
The kingdom is present in that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Jewish hope and that he is the agent of launching this new kingdom. Jesus is the appointed Messiah who heralds and embodies and enacts the gospel of the kingdom. So for us to pledge allegiance to Jesus the king, the kingdom launcher, is to ban drone bombing conquering power. Instead, Jesus presents his kingdom as an unassuming, humble presence that brings freedom and life. Jesus' kingdom does not conquer using our methods of war and retaliation. His kingdom does not murder the dissidents. And it does not enslave those who willingly surrender. Jesus' kingdom respects agency and will inviting those who hear his call into a radical kingdom-shaped discipleship. And the nature of that discipleship becomes evident when Jesus suffers and dies for his followers, redefining the meaning of discipleship. So, imagine there's a kingdom. It's kind of like a really cool place with a good and caring king. And this king is special because he helps others and he even sacrifices for them. Now, people who follow this king named Jesus, they try to be like him and they try to make the world a better place. Now, in this kingdom, there is a big focus on being peaceful and kind to one another. And the people who follow this King Jesus, they don't want to fight. They don't want to be mean to one another. They cannot embrace war. Instead, they want to imagine and live a life where everyone helps one another and they live in peace with one another. And it's like these people are practicing being good and caring just like their king is. And so Jesus has this amazing idea of this kingdom. He wants it to be a place where everyone is free from bad things like sickness and sin and where they're treated fairly or they're not doing things that would hurt one another. He wants people to imagine a lit and live a different, better life where everyone helps one another, where goodness is nurtured in this kingdom, where evil is eradicated. And Jesus then also talks about this special time in the future when this kingdom will be even better. The future kingdom isn't far away, off, or just in our minds. It is pictured throughout the, the scriptures as earthy and earthly. And so this down-to-earth vision shapes our Christian existence in the present, in the today. And as followers, we strive to embody the future world in our current reality as we live out this gospel citizen calling upon us with peace forming the core of this earthy, earthly imagination because Jesus categorically removes war as an option for his kingdom people. And now the most uh, uh, frequently cited text in the early church advocating Christian nonviolence is actually found in Matthew chapter five, where Jesus instructs his followers to love their enemies into neighbors by preventing the formation of enemies, Jesus prohibits disciples from entering into war. The logic is clear. Without enemies and with everyone regarded as neighbors, war becomes impossible. 
And so having a peaceful imagination starts with loving others. But it gets really deep, real fast, when Jesus tells his followers to love even their enemies. Turning someone from an enemy into a friend allows for building a strong and caring connection. This involves being there for one another, speaking up for one another, growing in the virtues of the kingdom of God. One author writes this, kingdom people do not war with neighbors. Kingdom people create neighborhoods. So living out this peaceful imagination as followers of Jesus involves walking in peace with one another, expressing love within the community, extending love to those with differing views on life, embracing a servant's role with a towel and a basin instead of the sword and the power of domination. This is what it means to be a gospel citizen who lives on mission in this world This means that God's people are not living for themselves anymore, but they are to live for God and his mission in the world, which is to bless the world. People of God are orientated towards two fronts. They're orientated towards God and they're orientated towards the world. And this concept flows from Genesis chapter 18, uh, verse 18 and 19, where it says, And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. No, for I have chosen him that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. So God wants this family to grow into a nation and they're supposed to follow the way of the Lord by doing what is right and fair in the world. So Israel's job wasn't just to live in their own world and enjoy God's blessing. They had a bigger mission to show everyone how God does things in this world so that everyone can be blessed as well. And so introduced here in Genesis is kind of an ethical part to the mission of Israel in their context. And the goal of this mission is to rescue all nations from the trouble of sin. God is making it happen step by step, starting with one group and expanding it to everyone. This is the story of scripture. It's a plan leading to the kingdom of God, where God's good purpose for the whole creation begins to come true. And God's promise to make all nations blessed through Abraham is something that Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans. He calls his calling as apostle, uh, he he says this in uh, Romans chapter one, uh, verse five. He says, to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name. That's what Paul's calling was. So Paul, as an apostle, sees his job as sharing the good news of Jesus with people from all around the world. And it's not just something that Paul made up. It's actually God's big plan to save the world. And this idea is the main message then in uh, Galatians 
where uh, Paul writes to the the church in uh, uh, Galatians, and he says this in verse 3, verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the what? The gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. This means that the gospel is God's blessing of all nations through Abraham and his descendants. So if I am a Gentile who has come to believe in Jesus, then I have entered into the blessing of Abraham. To be in Christ is to be in Abraham, according to Paul. No matter what ethnic, social, or gender identity you have. Paul would say this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So in Christ, we're like a big family connected to Abraham, no matter where we come from. And if we're a part of this family, we get all of the good things that were promised to Abraham, but we also get a job, just like Abraham got. And our job is to go out and bring blessing to everyone, to be messengers of God's goodness and peace in this world. So from the very beginning of Genesis, being a part of Abraham's family is a big deal, and it's who we are as we are in Christ. And our purpose then today is to join in on God's big plan to bring everyone from every part of the world into his special and good plan through Christ. So to really get what the church is all about, we have to look back to the Old Testament. Because the church's mission is connected to what God asked Israel to do. Which means that our mission today is to participate in God's pe- or God's, as God's people in God's grand mission to redeem all creation. Our mission is to participate in God's mission. And we participate in that mission by going and giving. That's how we participate. Which leads us to our conclusion of chapter 4 in the book of Philippians that was read earlier by Hugh as we come to Philippians chapter 4, 10 to 20. Now this passage, it mainly talks about money and finances, but for Paul, everything, including finances and money, are in service to the gospel by those whose lives are reshaped by Christ. So at the end of this letter to the Philippians, Paul wraps up his discussion about working together with the Philippians in his mission, going back to where he started talking about that in chapter 1, verse 6. But here he goes back to how they've supported his work, especially help mentioning their help through the worker of Epaphroditus, which we talked about about a month ago. So Paul is happy about the care and the long-term support they've given. But he also wants to make it clear that he can handle tough times, like being hungry or not having a whole lot, because he's content as he learned to trust in God. Now, some scholars call this part of Paul's letter his thankless thanks, because uh, he really doesn't come out and actually say thanks. He's, he's navigating some social realities in the first uh, century. 
But even though Paul is thankful for their help in verse 10, he wants them to see that what they've given isn't just for him to get by. It's redirecting their focus towards recognizing that their offering serves the broader gospel mission. He values their giving, not because he needs it for himself, but because it's making a difference in God's work in this world. And he's not trying to build a legacy for himself. That's why he goes on, he talks about how amazing the Philippians' support has been. He's pointing out that they've not just been passive helpers, but they've been active participants in the mission. And so the connection between giving money and being partners in the gospel is crucial to Paul. He sees the Philippians as co-workers who are really getting involved in supporting the mission. They're not just spectators. They're not just watching from the sidelines. They're getting their hands dirty. It's sacrificial. It's hard work. And Paul praises them for their generous support. And he's saying it's a sign of their commitment to Jesus as gospel citizens. And he wants other believers to see their resources as tools of God's grace, meant to be shared and to help his kingdom of peace grow. So in a nutshell, Paul is saying believers are encouraged to look at what they have as gifts from God and to share them generously. And as they do, they actively take part in God's plan to redeem this world. And so today, we want to invite you to participate in that gospel mission by going and giving. By going, some of you may be called to go from this land to go to another land to serve. And there's kids here, and God may be starting to call even your life early on that he wants you to go overseas with the good news of Jesus. And we want to encourage you to listen to that voice of God as he continues to speak in and to your life. The reality is we're all called to be on mission wherever we have been placed. But God does place special callings on some to get out and to go, much like Moses and Epaphroditus, who was sent over to Rome. And there's a story of Matt and Marie, who are serving in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, They're doing family ministry over there, uh, with a focus on early education and discipleship. And this past year, they have been restoring an abandoned home into a safe place for kids and families. And they're actually here this weekend. They have a booth out in the Cardo area where you can go and chat with them and ask them, how did they understand they were supposed to go to Japan? What did that look like? They have a a newsletter that you can sign up to be a partner with them and praying for them and supporting them in their mission. Even here at Southview Church, we have short-term missions. We have our uh, uh, trip coming up to Moviendo Esperanza down in uh, Costa Rica. Our MLT, our missions leadership team, oversees our missions fund and our short-term trips, our local uh, expressions, our international expressions. And we have a table out there where you can get more information about the short-term trips that happen right here out of Southview. We have a trip coming up in March, but you can sign up for a future trip and the things that are happening in the future. But if you feel called to overseas missions, our Western Canadian district serves all around the world 
And we have lots of international workers in lots of different places all around the world. And we can get you connected with our global mission catalyst if that's something that you're feeling a stirring in your heart to say, you know what, I feel like maybe I need to take a step and move into something that God's calling me to overseas. We'd love to help journey with you in that process. If you're a young adult, uh, there's an opportunity through our uh, denomination as well called Envision Canada. It's engaging the next generation to go and to serve. They provide internships overseas and short-term missions and gap years, opportunities for young adults to get an experience about what does missions look like around the world. You can go to envisioncanada.org to get more information. We have Camp Camisol, which is a local expression of uh, service that we support young people in camp ministry. And we have a table out there where you can get involved. We do work trips out there to help to support the camp. That's one of our local expressions. We have uh, Matt and Connie, who you heard on the screen earlier, uh, serving overseas. We're selling their um, ornaments uh, that helps build up their ministry. And you can come out after the service and buy some really cool uh, ornaments Right? Right after the service. Cash or, card. Cash or card. We, you know, accept it all. And you come and be a part of what God's doing. So you can go. You can go into your school. Go into your workplace and live on mission and be a blessing. Be a person of peace and building peace in God's kingdom. And be a part of the mission. And then second, we can also give to that mission. We are invited to use our resources to further the work of God's kingdom. So how are you leveraging the resources that God's given you to steward to further the kingdom of peace? It's a question we all need to wrestle with and ask as gospel citizens that this is all of God's. How is he wanting me to use it to further his kingdom of peace? And so we're going to take a special offering uh, this weekend that's going to go specifically to the work of local and global missions that we're a part of here at Southview. We uh, highlighted this last weekend to prepare for that. Uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, we have some boxes in the back. We also have a big blue water container. If you have loose cash or uh, coins, uh, you can go back to your car and pull out all the ashtray coins because none of us smoke. We just put our, our coins in there. And you can bring it in and put it in there. Or you can just pull out your phone right now. You just pull out your phone like I'm just doing. Most of you are probably looking at something anyway because this service has been going a long time. So you can just pull out your phone. I know you have it. Uh, just open up your text message and I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to donate right here in the service. I'm just going to show you how to do it. It's really easy. All right. So you open up your messenger. You want to text. And so you're going to uh, put in the top 73256. And in the body, you're going to just type Southview. Oh, and I'm getting a phone call from our back place. All right, so I just typed in Southview. Did you do that on your phone? Raise your hand if you've done that. Okay. I know you have your phones. You don't have to give. I'm just showing you how to do it, okay? We're inviting you in. And then when you get there, you're going to feel like, you know what? I, th I think I should give. Okay, so I'm just going to click the little link that came there. And it's going to take me to uh, Realm. And now if you're part of Realm, your credit cards are already in here. If you're not a part of Realm, you're going to have an opportunity to put your credit card in here. So there's right here. There's going to go right. It's already set up. Missions trip uh, fund. So it's going to go to our missions fund. And I'm just going to put in here 25 
Uh, oop, that's an extra zero. $25, okay? $25 right there. Uh, give once. I'm going to hit continue. And right there. Done. Give. 25 bucks. Right to missions. Already done. Now I have to do this three times. That's why it's 25 bucks. I had three... <laughs> I had three services. And this is above and beyond our regular giving. We, we set up a regular monthly withdrawal for, through our realm. Uh, this is above and beyond. So want you to be able to feel like, I want to contribute. I want to be a part of the stories of what God's doing here in our community. I want to help the people that are, I'm going to go talk to after our service and the work that they're doing. That's one of the ways that we can contribute to building the kingdom of God's peace in our world by using the resources that are at our fingertips to give to those things. So we want you to invite you to give to that. And you can go home, you can pray about that all this week, and then just go on uh, Realm, our website, or you can drop off in our boxes in the back. But we want to help you be a part, be a co-worker, a participant in the mission here at Southview. So let us go into our communities and our world and proclaim peace and use all the gifts we've been given to support the gospel mission. That is the letter to the Philippians. That is our call. That the gospel is unstoppable. It will not stop in this world. We've been invited to live as gospel citizens. To bring the realities of a different realm into this world. And we do that by going and giving and being a part of the mission that God's invited us to, to go and to bless the world, to make peace wherever God has placed us. Let's pray. So Father, in all of this, we, we pray for humility. Just like Philippians 2, 5 to 11, the picture of Jesus. And so in this moment of silence, we pray for humility in our own minds and our hearts. Merciful God, give us the same attitude as Jesus who emptied himself and was obedient to you all the way to his death on the cross. Make us eager to put others before ourselves and their needs before our own. We ask this through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we're glad that you've been a part of this uh, Philippians journey with us. We pray that you would go into this world and continue to, to live out your identity as a gospel citizen. Be on mission, participate, ask questions, get involved. Ask how you can serve and help and join in on what God is doing in this world. And so we're going to invite you after our service to go out to our car to where you have a number of tables set up. 
Come and talk to uh, those who are serving. Go buy some Christmas ornaments. Support the mission here at Southview. Get some information about some upcoming trips, some upcoming opportunities, and be a part of what God is doing. And let's participate together in that mission. So I invite you to stand as we close our service with a word of benediction. And want to encourage you uh, to get to know one another, uh, to hang out, but definitely stop by uh, the Cardo area. And if you see one of the, the young, engaged worship students that was up on the stage here, give them a high five and say, that was awesome. Because it's, it's not easy getting up in front of a bunch of people in a church. So let's continue to, to live out our identity as followers of Jesus in this world. So as you go into this week, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you out in the cardo.